Welcome to the Red Rain Podcast. Here is your host from SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds, Walter Mitchell. Thank you, Kyle Little Rock Ledbetter from Slam Diego. Uh, happy to join everyone here this morning after a uh, a fantastic win on the road for the Cardinals and a historic win. I don't know how many years we'll ever see the Cardinals win eight road games. Um, and we'll talk about that uh, and the significance of that um, during the podcast. Wanted to start today by, uh, again, um, calling out uh, uh, a shout out to John Madden. Um, I was, uh, it's been an emotional week for me. I had the unique opportunity of working with and for him. Um, one summer on the original John Madden football uh, video. And uh, my good pal, Kyle Ledbetter, the Little Rock, called me and said, do you want to do a podcast And I, about John Madden? I said, yeah, I really would. It would be cathartic. And, um, and I recited a st- story I wrote about um, my experience with Madden that's in my uh, – second book uh, called The Freechia Brothers and Other um, Foolish Risks. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, but Kyle, what, what did you think of the, the Remembering Madden uh, podcast? You know, I am a, uh, I am a 20-year-old here recording podcasts, so there's certainly a generational gap between myself and John Madden for, for two, three, four generations of people. And by the only time I remember John Madden was that final broadcast of the Super Bowl with the Cardinals. And right. one, one of the things I thought was fantastic in your memorial was that it was blending the nostalgia and the stories of a time from another period and all of that. And the lessons you can take from John Madden's life and then apply them as we go forward as a way of sort of carrying the torch in his life. And, you know, he he was a leader and a teacher first and foremost, and then becomes obviously a broadcaster. So teachers want to pass on lessons and and hopefully in his passing, it's another chance to remember all kinds of lessons. And you had great stories and great lessons that came away out of that. There were two really good ones in the the story from the book you wrote about (laughs) there are people who, know what's going on there are people who don't know what's going on and <laughs> yep. it's it was fantastic and um i think there was a perfect blend there between the the memoriam and the the remembering someone for their life and then the lessons that you can carry on further so um i i posted it as well on my podcast because it was a very well done john madden memoriam and people want to listen to it it's it's the episode right after this one so just keep on right. listening after this episode finishes if you want to hear the john madden memoriam right if you go to the red rain podcast library it's sitting right there and uh, if you haven't listened to it yet i think you might appreciate it um john madden one of john madden's favorite sayings was load the wagon don't worry about the horse being blind just load that wagon and uh, <laughs> and uh, for the last three weeks, I've been seeing um, 
members of the Cardinals bandwagon jumping ship, um, falling off, jumping off, diving off. Um, it's been a, you know, a rough patch for the Cardinals and Cardinal fans. Um, but, uh, this week to me in a brand new year feels like a, um, stunning buildings Roman for the Cardinals. A buildings Roman is a, uh, coming of age story. Uh, you know, and in particular for our, the Cardinals young quarterback and their young head coach, um, this was always meant to be a buildings Roman whenever you're building something from scratch. And when you have um, a young head coach and a young quarterback, to, you know, um, whose, whose football fates are braided together moving forward. Um, wow. Uh, what a week because, in, you know, first of all, Cliff Kingsbury said that uh, he was welcoming Rodney Hudson back um, as their security blanket on offense. And things had become a little disjointed, as we've seen on offense, and a little out of sync. And we had snap issues and all that. Um, and then Cliff said about Kyler is he just he needs to keep staying on schedule and, you know, play his game and and not complicate it too much further than that, not try to do too much and not try to carry too much of the weight on his shoulders, but, you know, do his job and get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. And that's what he did in this ball game. This was a classic Kyler um, game. Um, he did not turn the ball over. Uh, he was precise. Um, wow. I mean, 26 for 38, 263 yards, 6.9 average, two TDs, only one sack um, with a QB rating of 105.5 um, on the road in Dallas where he's now 8-0, which is pretty awesome, um, at a place where also Cliff, Cliff, Cliff revealed after the game. Um, you know, I don't know if some of you still hate Cliff Kingsbury or don't think he has any business coaching in the NFL, but I was very profoundly struck um, by a comment he made that uh, when asked if he'd like to come back here in the playoffs to play, he said no <laughs> immediately. And he said, because uh, it was in that lock in the locker room where they were that he found out via Twitter that he was fired by Texas tech, which in this day and age, I mean, imagine that. Imagine you, you know, keep returning to your alma mater and pouring your heart and soul into a job and finding out that via Twitter you've just been fired um, by the school. Um, wow. And uh, But that firing, in my opinion, because I, I really very fond of Cliff Kingsbury and I believe in him, um, and I think there are things in this game that I will try to point out to you reasons why I think he very much belongs coaching in the NFL and not, not, you know, better than coaching in college, but uh, wow. Um, you know, and all the, all the backlash all week of, you know, from local and national media of Cliff Kingsbury can't win games late in seasons and his teams fall apart. I uh, argued back on that because most college coaches records are 
um, better winning percentage in the first half of the season, the second half of the season. I mean, there's, but Cliff had a gargantuan task at Texas Tech, and I don't want to go back through the whole thing, but, you know, I, I think he's better um, suited for the pro game where he doesn't have to recruit, where he can do the best with the talent he's been given. But, um, but you know, to hear that, to hear his, you know, how, how wonderful this game must have been for him to, um, you know, see his team bounce back. And it looked like the Cardinals of the first half of the season in so many ways. I mean, Vance Joseph was dialing up, dialing up unique pressures and, you know, with a, and this was the thing about this game. I mean, the Cowboys were completely healthy. The Cardinals are still missing some key components. And yet the Cardinals really, you know, outshine the Cowboys in so many different ways. I mean, how about this one? Chase Edmonds, 53 yards on the ground was more the entire than the entire Dallas um, rushing attack. I mean, Prescott had five rushes for 20 yards and four 4.0, but Elliott had nine carries for 16 yards, 1.8. Tony Pollard, three carries for nine yards, 3.0. They had 45 yards on 2.6 average. And one of the silver linings that I tried to point out last week um, in the Colts game was that, wow, okay, we may have lost this game, but one thing the Cardinals did suddenly um, realize is, man, oh, we've got a plan against the run and we can carry it out. We can get this done. And I think it gave the Cardinals a huge boost going into this game. And um, and then, you know, getting back to the buildings, Roman, and, uh, you know, and I thought this was a huge, huge week and a brand new year for Kyler Murray because I was so proud of him for standing up in the media this week and, um, telling it like it is. I wrote an article on Reversion of the Birds called Kyler is Correct. Um, and because you know, Kyler was calling out, I mean, hearing all the noise about just the constant negativity, um, going through this tough patch. And uh, you know, he said, you know, some, some people just don't have a clue, um, as to what they're looking at. And, you know, I have to tell you, you know, I, I, I was so struck by that and how the, um, you know, the, the kind of chutzpah and self-confidence it took for Kyler to stand up there and say that um, and, and call it for what it is. Because as much as, you know, we're try to be informed fans, Behind the scenes, we don't know anything, what's going on, how a play was designed, what the responsibilities were, um, who might have made the critical mistake or the critical success. I mean, when you analyze plays, sometimes it's so easy to just say, oh, that was a lousy play and what a terrible play call and everything. But when you go and look at the tape afterwards and you realize, wow, one it was one block away from being sprung for – you know, um, like back in the in the Colts game, that first and ten in the red zone uh, hitch pass to Rondale Moore. I mean, there's one you make that w one block, and he it's a touchdown. Unfortunately, we missed two blocks on the play, and and Moore was corralled, and 
you know, dropped for a, you know, no gain on the play. And then it looks like, oh, what a stupid play. Um, it what getting the ball in the hands of Rondale Moore is not a stupid play. Um, it's just not. Um, and if you give him any wiggle room, he's going to get you six points. So, you know, I, I know it's frustrating uh, at times with, you know, in times when you think the Cardinals should run the ball and it happened yesterday again on the one yard line um, with the double slant call that the Cardinals uh, made on second and goal um, that was tipped and almost intercepted. Um, AJ Green was open on the play, but again, it, they were running the routes into a crowded area. Um, and I'm not sure even on that play, the spacing was correct. And that's something that I'm sure they're going to address. But wow, how about later in the game when Cliff turned around and said, okay, we're going to move Kyler to his left on a and fake him on the run. And then when Kyler turned and squared his shoulders and threw the ball past the outstretched arms and was slightly tipped to Antoine Wesley for that, that beautiful, creative, stunning TD um, that helped put the Cardinals up 10 nothing. Um, wow, that was just, you know, that was an answer um, that we've been waiting for. And uh, like I said, sort of a coming of age is, is that, um, you know, the Cardinals are learning things about every game. They're doing their due diligence. And, you know, I mean, there's people I got on Joe Camo's, uh, you know, group session the other night or tried to. I had technical difficulties getting my my um, audio and video feed going. But while I was there, I heard, you know, fans were writing in uh, excuse fest, excuse fest. Yeah. OK, if you want to call it that. But. There's a reason why Rodney Hudson is nine and two starting this year. And that's a fact. It's not an excuse. It's a fact. I mean, when you have an all pro and you're struggling with a backup center, it can make a world of difference as it did yesterday. Did, did Rodney Hudson settle everything down yesterday? There is no doubt he settled everything down. In fact, with a makeshift line, um, wow. Wow. What a stunning performance. Kudos to Cliff, to um, uh, Sean Kugler and Brian Natkin and Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, the whole offensive line to get that settled um, with Beecham playing a fantastic left tackle and Josh Jones after a couple early um, hiccups playing a fantastic right tackle. Pew played a, a fine game, one of his better games. Um, Hudson was, was again, the security blanket. How about Hudson's block downfield on Kyler Murray's takeoff runs? I mean, how about that? I don't know if you saw that, but those were key plays. Um, Kyler's timed runs were fantastic. Um, so, uh, and then uh, Max Garcia is better off at right, right guard, and he played a solid game. I mean, that was one of the best offensive line performances of the, of the year. And they, you know, they delivered a a um, a three hundred ninety nine yard offense. I mean, we had uh, you know two hundred seventy two seventy two yards on in the air and one hundred twenty seven yards on the ground, um, and uh, 
you know, the the Cowboys were right around 300 yards in the game. So they outscored the Cowboys, who were completely healthy, amazingly at this time of year. They had all their starters on offense um, until Gallup went down. Unfortunately, I hate to see that. Um, he made a great play on that TD catch, which I thought he pushed off a little bit on, but a real pro like Gallup can get away with that because um, I thought Kevin Peterson uh, was in good good position. He'd look back to the ball and, and got the little nudge for separation, and the ball was a tad underthrown, which made it harder for Peterson to um, recover on. But uh, what a great play by them. It was their one of their best plays of the game um, and, uh, you know, brought them uh, back towards, you know, and made this game very interesting. I said it when I wrote the article, I was sure, and I, I, I feel very positive about this, that Kyler's teammates really appreciated him saying what he said. Um, you know, players are so under the microscope these days with the PFF grades and everything else. And, and, you know, the thing is, if you don't really know what, you know, what's being instructed and what the jobs are in a certain play, you're basically speculating as to what's, what's happening. And so often, um, you know, you look at, you're only looking at the ball and what happens with the ball. But um, John Madden, always said and um tom rinaldi and others who have been documenting him um, documenting his career were saying and troy aikman said this yesterday uh was one of the one of madden's great teaching points for broadcasters was or anyone looking at football is that yeah watch the ball but then do yourself a favor and find someone away from the ball who made the play either work or fail um, because that oftentimes will tell you why plays are successful and why they're not. So if you're just looking at the ball, or you're just looking at the immediate picture on the TV. The thing is, go back to the replay and watch, watch the other, watch away from the ball a little bit, a little bit away from the ball, and it'll tell you a lot. So, um, and I think that's very, very wise. So, but, uh, but man, what a what a great game. And I tweeted out after the game, I said, this, could this game symbolize the Cardinals tooth historic eight game, you know, um, road win? Could this eighth game road game game symbolize the Cardinals 2021 season where they get off to a hot start? They suffer, a, um, you know, um, a, a, a late um, swing in momentum against them, um, but they stave it off and deliver some stunning runs past the sticks to close out the game. Which, by the way, the last four, four forty-three was it? The Cardinals ran out the clock on the Cowboys when they had the stadium going crazy. The, the the Cowboys had the momentum back fully on their uh, in their favor, and how did they do it? I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, wow! I mean, the play calls. I mean, they talk about Tyler just playing his game. They did it with read options, 
where Kyler, you know, handed off at the right times or took off at the right times. They did it with sprint options, with with pitch pitch options to the outside, which worked like a charm. I mean, Edmonds, the offensive line, Kyler Murray, and Chase Edmonds took total control of that game and ran out the clock on the on the Cowboys in Dallas at AT&T Stadium. Um, and the Cardinals had done that earlier in the year once or twice. And so it was reminiscent of back when the Cardinals were really hot and winning games. These were the things they were doing to close out, close out games. And I, I, I want to remind everyone this, and I've been saying this, one of the hardest things to do in sports is to close out games and close out seasons because you know, look at it this way. Let's use a baseball analogy. If your team's up three to one in the, going into the eighth inning, but your starter, starting pitcher who's been cruising, is now at a hundred pitches, how comfortable are you feeling? Well, that's a rhetorical question, right? Because we know. I mean, it's tough to, you know, now you're going to have to come in with your setup, man, and hope that he's good. Then you have to, you know. There's this, there's a fascinating psychology about being the one who's being chased and the one who's chasing. And I think that oftentimes, as you see on a football field, the one who's chasing seems to catch up and sometimes prevail. Um, you know, you have to be have special gifts to just you know get clear sailing and cruise it all the way, finish the game. And, you know, so many twists and turns can happen. And there's so many um, intangibles that, you know, that's what makes sports so exciting and fun was yesterday. I mean, the Cowboys mounted a furious fourth quarter comeback. They scored 15 points. Um, but the Cardinals three points turned out to be a boon and a previous call by Cliff Kingsbury. If you want to give Cliff Kingsbury a little credit, you know, in a stadium where he learned he was fired by Texas Tech and a stadium where he's now 2-0 as an NFL head coach and his young quarterback is 2-0 and 8-0 lifetime in that stadium. How about the fake field goal call he made that caused uh, Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys to call a timeout? Um, turns out... You know, Cardinals got a huge break when it looked like Chase Edmonds may have fumbled the ball on the sideline. But by then, the Cowboys were out of timeouts and it wasn't under two minutes. It was like sometimes you get a real good break like that, but sometimes it's created by the creativity of your own coaches. And talk about creativity. How about the fourth down calls that our coach makes? I mean, he's got major guts. I mean, he did it in the in the Bears game, fourth and one, and he throws the TD pass to Kyler. Throws the TD pass to um, to DeAndre Hopkins yesterday. The fourth down calls on on the drives uh, on the you know the on the first TD. You're down at the one yard line or knocking on the door again, and um, you know it was looking like last week when the Cardinals went four and out in the red zone, except, except Cliff stays with his plan, stays with his gut instincts and goes for it on fourth 
fourth and goal, and he dials up that creative play call with Kyler sprinting out to the left, which I love um, to see Cliff putting Kyler in motion. I think that that is that is going to be the key to taking Kyler's game even to a higher level is, you know, and then the way that you use Kyler in the running game at the end of this game to close it out. But, but that, that little, little, um, you know, sprint out to the left, looking like he was going to, he was running the, the, the uh, read option, faking out the Cowboys who came running up even Antoine Tweezy, um, Wesley's man left to go Brown went left to go, try to tackle Kyler and there was Tweezy wide open and ba-boom. Um, the ball got to him. He made a great catch and suddenly it's 10, nothing Cardinals and momentum on their favor. And, you know, we have a head coach who's, who's gutsy like this. And I'll tell you what, you can, you know, criticize them all you want when the team's losing, but how about giving him credit? How about giving him credit for the, for the fake punt? How about that? In a game that could have spoiled all the momentum. In a game really early in command. How about that one? Uh, wow, what a throw by Banjo. What an incredible catch by Jonathan Ward. The shades of David Tyree. And, um, man, um, gutsy, gutsy call and ter terrific execution. And they even got a P.I. on the play and you know, so even if it wasn't a catch, uh, would have been down, you know, the ball would have been right where the fouling was incurred. Um, you, know, you just have to appreciate the aggressiveness. It's a time of year to be aggressive. Um, so oftentimes, you know, and so sometimes it's going to backfire. But, man, I mean, when you, it just shows a belief in your players, belief in who you have, and also a it sends a message to your football team. We're, we're pulling out all the stops. We're doing everything we can to try to win this game. So sometimes it's going to backfire. But, man, I mean, when you, it just shows a belief in your players, belief in who you have. And also, a, it sends a message to your football team. We're, we're pulling out all the stops. We're doing everything we can to try to win this game. Um, and... Uh, you know, how about those? the Cardinals' defense looked uh, so much better, more athletic with Zayvon Collins on the field. Just was loving that. Um, just loving that. Uh, uh, and what a lift Chandler Jones gave the defense, uh, it, particularly playing the run and then that, you know, the strip and near fumble recovery that he had on, on Dak Prescott. Chandler Jones got a couple – you know, big holding calls. I mean, Chandler came to play yesterday and he played like quite the captain um, and an inspired group. How about Buda Baker continues to, you know, just be uh, such, he's the ultimate dog. He's the ultimate dog. Um, he's everywhere. He's, a, you know, and, and teams have to keep one eye on, on the play and one eye on Buddha, wherever they are. What a, what a just superb, another superb game. And his leadership is, is fantastic. But then up front, I mean, Rashard Lawrence has made quite a profound impact since he's returned. His development is 
is incredibly encouraging for the Cardinals. How about Corey Peters? I was I was shouting at him early in the game saying, get your hands up, man, on a ball that went right over his head. That, and then suddenly he was getting his hands up. I mean, these little adjustments these guys were making as pros, and he was knocking down passes, and he was stuffing that middle. Corey Peters played his best game of the season yesterday. There's no doubt in my mind. He was outstanding. How about Zach Allen? Um, Zach Allen is a Johnny on the spot at times. He's playing very well. I mean, this was quite a team effort. And then uh, Hicksie played a good game, solid game in the middle. Um, he's starting to step up a little bit and make tackles. I guess he's here, you know, he's starting to starting to to do his part that way. But uh, Tanner Vallejo was in there, you know, um, getting after the a ball at times when they were using Isaiah Simmons in a variety of roles. And how about Isaiah Simmons making the play of the game? Um, not Parsons, Simmons. Simmons made the defensive play of the game where he nearly had a sack and recovered and knocked the ball out from Dak Prescott. That was huge at that point in the game. That was an incredible. That led to the Cardinals' eventual um, winning field goal um, at such a critical time. And the big players make big plays at critical times. And, uh, you know, Parsons is a stud, but uh, and but look at the way the Cardinals handled him yesterday. Look at the way the Cardinals handled um, Dexter Lawrence. I mean, no sacks for either one of them. Um, that was huge. I mean, Randy Gregory had the one sack. Um, we had a little issue with him. He's really quick off the edge. He was getting um, the edge a little bit, but... Uh, you know, Micah Parsons had five tackles in the game um, and just one quarterback hit, I, you know. And and then uh, Demarcus Lawrence, one tackle, no quarterback hits, no sacks. I mean, that's huge. That's just huge. I mean, that, that Cowboy defense has looked dominant recently. And their offense is number one in the league in so many categories, and yet, the Cardinals defense did their job. Um, you know, the one thing that I imagine that Vance Joseph's going to be practicing all week are the um, back of the end zone crossing routes um, and the, the quick outs on the end zone. Um, Cardinals need to be more physical in, in playing uh, man to man in those situations, and they need to chase at top, top speed. Um, look like times they were beat um they were running half speed and they, they were getting beat badly uh um you know, i liked what kevin peterson's been doing and uh antonio hamilton they've been standing up just fine um you know byron murphy is struggling i'm not sure why i hope he's fine physically but he doesn't look like quite himself the last couple games um and uh I don't know if it's he's just getting caught in no man's land or whatever, but uh, he's going to bounce. I mean, I, I Byron Murphy's such a great competitor. You know, whatever it is, he's going to figure it out because um, we're going to need him big time down the stretch. Um, but but let's also concede that, you know, let's just face it, um, chasing 
receivers the caliber that the uh, that the Cowboys have, like you know, C.D. Lamb, who by the way only had three catches for fifty-one yards. Um, you know, I mean, and then Cedric Wilson, he he, he had six catches for 35 yards. How about the job they did on Amari Cooper? You know, Wilson and Cooper had touchdown catches, so did Gallup, but uh, Cooper just three catches for 18 yards, 6.0 on seven targets, three out of seven. Um, you know, uh, so, I mean, that's that's a good day's work for the Cardinals secondary, playing against a very highly talented trio or quartet of receivers plus Dalton Schultz their tight end was playing well until uh, the Cardinals made an adjustment and started uh, putting um, Jalen Thompson on him <laughs> Jalen is another dog man he's so good uh, what an option to have with him he can play anywhere in the secondary and he did a nice job on Schultz in the second half and then you know Isaiah Simmons all over the place. Simmons was was playing this slot, and you know his length, length and speed is what what a just fantastic set of skills he brings to the defense. And uh, yesterday they were on display, and you know in front of the major Fox crew with Buck and Aikman, and um, and you know Aikman's of course a cowboy, but I thought he called a fair game. Um, and, and, and I really respect him for that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think he gave Cardinals the kind of kudos they deserved in the game. And, um, you know, the Cardinals were better. They were better and they were better prepared and, um, comes at a great time because now this makes week 18 all the more significant and has bearing on the playoffs in, in the sense that, uh, you know, I guess what it comes down to now is if the Saints win, the 49ers have to win to to clinch the playoffs. If the 49ers lose to the Rams and the Saints win, the 49ers are out. It's pretty simple for the Cardinals. If they can beat the Seahawks and the Rams lose, the Cardinals win the, um, win the NFC West. And what would their seed be, Kyle? So, if the if the Cardinals win the NFC West, and that we are operating under the assumption that Tampa Bay will beat Carolina next week, we have a chaos scenario if Carolina somehow beats Tampa in Tampa the last week of the season. Right. But for the sake of simplicity, we're going to operate under the assumption Tampa wins that game. The Cardinals would be the three seed. And it would mean that if the Rams were to lose, that means the 49ers would have to win, which means the Cardinals would play the 49ers in the first game at Arizona. Right. And assuming Tampa wins, the Cowboys would be locked into the four seed. So it seems like it'll either be you play the Cowboys in Dallas or they host the 49ers in the 6-3 matchup. That's what if the 49ers win. <laughs> yes, but yeah. in order for the Cardinals to get to the three seed, the right. Rams would have to lose, and the Rams play Correct. the 49ers head to head. Correct. Yeah, it's it's exciting. Yeah, I, and I think these games are going to be flexed. 
I would imagine the Cardinals game was going to be on Saturday or Sunday in a primetime spot. And uh, hey, it was good to see the Cardinals play one of their best games in a primetime slot of Sunday slot of the um, the 430 game, uh, 425 game, uh, the Fox game of the week. That was just fun and uh, came at a great time. Hope you were excited. Uh, you know, it's just unbelievable to me. I get on Twitter all excited and fans are saying, well, it wasn't pretty. I mean, if you want pretty, why don't you, like, just focus your attention on Miss America pageants? I mean, football is one of the ugliest sports. I mean, when is football ever pretty? I mean, if John Madden were here right now, he'd be laughing in his tail off at that. I mean, so much of football is, you know, is just just downright ugly because it's just, you know, it's it's a it's a wrestling match. It's a it's a it's a slugfest. And sometimes you're gonna get knocked down. And it's how you get back up and recover. And then I, I heard another another fan again, which I don't know why Cardinal fans want to do this, mitigating the win by saying Oh yeah, well the Cowboys haven't beaten anyone, so it's really no surprise. I mean, you can't have it both ways. You can't be complaining for three weeks, you know, you know, calling out the quarterback, calling out the head coach, calling out the team, calling them a bunch of losers, and they're going to fade down the stretch, and you know this and that, and then they win this big game, and then it's still not good enough. Like, oh, it wasn't pretty. Or, you know, oh, or the Cowboys, you know, yeah, they really haven't played anybody. The Cowboys were 11-4 and four coming into the game. I don't care who, what team you're on. If you're 11-4 and four and you have the, they have the number one offense in the NFL. And they're playing at home and they're perfectly healthy. And you're going to mitigate the win by saying, you know, saying, yeah, well, wasn't that big a win. When for three weeks, all you've done is piss and complain I, I i just if that's the case then i don't really know if you'll ever be satisfied as a cardinals fan i would i would strongly suggest maybe you pick a different team i mean kyle got fed up with the seat with the chargers they were constantly breaking his heart and now he, he doesn't even you know he's not even a chargers fan anymore and i respect i i know from years of of disappointment, um, since, you know, and, and but occasionally years of total joy, and like this one, with a playoff berth and excitement and a young team that's growing and this and that, um, you know. But there's going to be a whole lot of ugly. Uh, let me just clue you in on it now. I mean, football is an ugly sport. It, it's played to be ugly, uh, um, you know, because there are big mistakes and classic mistakes that teams are going to going to make while trying to be aggressive, while trying to win games. But that's this is the thing is you got to be prepared for ugly. You got to be prepared for mess. And you got to be prepared as as I and some other fans are trying to suggest is that when does your team need you the most? Not when they're on a seven game winning streak. They need you when they're down in the dumps and they're in a slump. They need you when, you know, you need you to keep the faith and give them some cheer. As the Red Sea 
tried everything they could try to do in the Colts game the week before. The Red Sea was awesome. You just have to be there and be positive and take, you know, roll through the ugly, roll through the punches and, you know, temper your expectations a little bit. But here's the thing is that's just, you know, revel in the unexpected. I mean, how many of you expected yesterday's game to go the way that it did, right? I mean, this was a joy. It was a joy to watch. I mean, the Cardinals came ready right from the gate. Um, they marched the ball down the field, got a field, got the lead, and a lead that they would never relinquish in the game, all game long. They fought their ever-living tails off. They played smart. They played hard. They played with poise. They ran out the clock with four minutes and 4.30 left in a, in a deafening stadium at this point with all Cowboys fans poised and ready to cheer their team on to a late late game victory. Instead, the Cardinals prevailed. And I don't know if that's not pretty to you. I don't know what will be. I don't really know. And I, I just hope that you can like listen to Kyler, listen to him, get a clue. I mean, but there's, you know, get a clue. I mean, try to put these things in proper perspective. Try to understand why the team is struggling and then do as the team does, get your head wrapped around as to how to fix it. And that's why I say like this week, I'm sure Vance Joseph's going to be, this is two games in a row where they've gotten beaten on the back end of the end zone. And they have a few times this year of getting beaten on crosser plays. Well, the first thing to do to take the romance out of the crosser plays is to get to the quarterback. I mean, because those are late developing plays and, and, uh, but and not lose contain as they did on Prescott on his first one when he got um, like Kyler did out to the left, left um, broke contain out to the left and then made the made the throw um, to Cooper who was wide open. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just hope you know we can all rally together and stay positive about this team. Like I said, this is. These are going to be growing pains. This is a Bildungsroman. I mean, I I don't know why people expected the Cardinals to be number one seed this year because it's it doesn't seem logical to me that they could you know improve that dramatically from eight and eight to a number one seed with all the things that they have to do to improve. I mean, let's be realistic, but let's enjoy this. When they win, let's not make excuses. Let's not make excuses for why they win. They won a great game yesterday. And they won back the respect of anybody who's watched the Cardinals this year. And, you know, non-fans who've seen the Cardinals and been wondering about, you know, just how good the Cardinals are. Well, yesterday, Cardinals put themselves back in, on the map, put it that way. And uh, just so proud of them. And hopefully um, they can build on this, keep building on the buildings, Roman, of this this young team. Um, it's quite a story, quite a ride. Feel so privileged to be a part of it. And like John Madden said, just load the wagon. Don't worry about the horse being blind. Because in, in, in many cases, 
like Kyler's trying to tell us is we don't really know what, what we're talking about when we speculate about certain plays or, you know, why certain things happen. You just have to trust that, you know, that doesn't mean we don't aren't, you know, um, entitled to comment and wonder and ask questions and make comments. But at the end of the day, um, if you really study it the way that Car that, that Kyler is suggesting, then you, you might be enlightened by what you see and what you what you find and and with the reasons um, why th- good plays work and bad bad plays don't um, and there those reasons are varied um, and multiple. So hope you're going to have a fun week. Um, happy 2022 to all you. Cardinals have had this one or no mentality all year long. It's been fantastic. And, um, you know, I was thinking yesterday, I mean, I've never seen a Cardinal team win eight games on the road in a season. I mean, it just so happens there are nine road games this year. Uh, that in itself, I mean, I would have never expected that starting in this, this season. That in itself is such a historic and amazing accomplishment. Um, and something that, that should, I, in my opinion, have all of us sitting up and saluting and, um, honoring and cheering because wow, what a stunning accomplishment. Think about that eight and one on the road. Um, and the only one, the lions game was in a game. I have no doubt in my mind had the NFL not had Saturday night games, the Cardinals been in a hotel watching the Colts dismantle Bill Belichick's Patriots and go into bed with the Colts on their mind and not the Lions in a season where they have vowed, as Buda Baker has said every week, 1-0, and baby, 1-0, and baby, which he tweeted out after this game, Cardinals 1-0. and um, I think it's, that Lions game might have been largely different as well. But, you know, kudos to them. That's this. Is, is a historic accomplishment and it gives you some confidence that if Cardinals have to play on the road in the playoffs and, you know, maybe they got a pretty good chance. So thanks for tuning in. May the red rain um, pour down on you and into onto our Cardinals into the red, red sea, red rain. <laughs>